Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer, and today with me, for the first time in our newly refurbished New uh, podcast area, is Shelby. Shelby, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Today is, uh, is fun because this is your first time up here. Have you, seen, uh, have you seen everything yet? I did get a sneak peek a couple weeks ago. Um, I think right before Christmas, Becky snuck me up here. Uh, so I did get to see it. I was very excited about it. Was the space table Yes, yet? yeah. This was here. I mean, obviously the walls were done. It's, I mean, it's pretty awesome. I, I love it because it's like overly branded. Um, I love all the colors. So I, I think it's great. It's a lot exciting. of blue and green. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to be in here. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier than doing everything downstairs yeah. like we were doing before. So, well, um, yeah. today we're going to talk about something that is fun for some, difficult for others, and yes. hopefully helpful for for everybody. So, to get us started, I want you I want to I want you to ask uh, or answer this question. Okay. If you could think of one word to describe difficult conversations, what would it be? One word to describe difficult conversations. I would say stress. Stressed. Yes. Stressed is the word I would choose. Why stressed? Well, you know, I think if you're the one that has to initiate a difficult conversation, uh, depending on the type of person you are, I think that there's some level of anxiety and, and stress building that is causing you to get to the point where you have to have a difficult conversation. And then knowing that you're going to actually have to sit down with somebody and, you know, fight it out for lack of a better word yeah can be stressful and then I think too if you're the person that knows it's coming it's also you know am I going to get fired tomorrow What's the or, reason? yeah you know you remember when you were a kid and you broke something off of your mom's mantle and you didn't want to tell her so you tried to did you ever do this is this just <laughs> I, a me thing <laughs> no I've done this way too many times that I care to admit yeah yeah I remember when I was a kid I broke a rose like a little glass rose off my mom's you know mantle her fireplace we weren't supposed to get up on the fireplace to begin with but you know of course I did and broke her little rose I tried to piece it together and she found it and she knew it was me because I was the only one that got up on the fireplace. And the whole and I just day remember... you're walking around thinking, all right, <laughs> yes. is she going to catch me? Is she going to catch me? Yeah, I remember thinking, I'm going to get in big trouble. But I was, you know, it's this stressful, even as a kid, of thinking, we're going to have to have this conversation. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> possibly a spanking. <laughs> it's like the whole time, you know, if you ever get called to the principal's office. Yeah. They come over the intercom. Hey, I need you to, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Teacher person, I need you to send Mike Schaefer down to the yeah, office. Absolutely. And the whole walk you're thinking, or at least I was thinking, What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> what about you? What uh, what word comes to mind? The first word that comes to mind is necessary. Yeah. Um, I would, if it was two words, it would be uncomfortably necessary. Yeah. Uh, difficult conversations held the right way are always with a greater intent and purpose. Sure. Hopefully behind that and not yeah. just, I'm going to go try to be a jerk. And so let's sit down and I'm going to tell you everything you're doing wrong. And that's a difficult conversation for you to have. But for me, that may not be difficult, um, and and that would you know that would be a terrible reason to have one. But I, I think necessary. Um, it's a good word. Nothing good happens without there being some pain involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that is if I, if you're going to go work out to get that result that you're looking for, you're going to go through some pain to get there, and it's good pain and it's healthy pain, but it's going to hurt. Uh, in the same way, if I'm trying to improve my organization and I have a low performer that needs to have a talk with, it's going to be painful to have that conversation on, on one side of the, the coin, if not both. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's going towards the greater good. So I would say, I would say necessary. And I think that for a lot of 
key leaders and business owners, difficult conversations are something that can easily be shied away from, uh, from sure. the standpoint of, you know, it's not that bad. We could, we could start to justify uh, for our own comfortability. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be that terrible or, you know, they didn't really mean to screw up or, you know, they, they really, this is the first time doing something that, that bad or, or whatever it may be. We find a lot of reasons to try to get out of difficult conversations. And I think that's a, ultimately, I think that's a shame. Yeah, you know, I think um, probably small business owners and midsize, uh, they probably feel the pain of this more and are more willing to have difficult conversations than I would wager some of the larger organizations are. Have you read the book Good to Great, Jim Collins? I'm currently reading that. I just got through the people chapter. And so if you've never read the book, if you're a business owner, it's an an absolute necessity. I don't know how I've made it this far in my career without having (laughs) read that book. So I recommend it. Um, but he mentions in there, you know, that people are not your most important asset. The right people are. And that was life changing for me because, you know, I'm thinking if you have a low performer or somebody that's holding your team back, um, you don't want to fire a person. You don't want to let anyone go. You want to coach them up into the position. But, you know, Jim Collins makes the really just makes the claim of, you know, if that person came to you today and um, said, hey, I'm giving my two weeks and you were secretly relieved. Um, that you should have let that person go a long time ago because ultimately they weren't a good fit for you, you weren't a good fit for them, and you just dragged them and your team, you know, through the mire when you didn't have to. And so I think I do think of like hiring and, and firing, honestly, when I think about difficult conversations. But I think small business owners um, are more quick to feel when someone's not a right fit or when someone's not performing or even just when they're not in the right role. Um, I think a lot of small business owners will maybe, I think we've done this, you know, uh, we've yeah. hired someone because we knew they are the right culture fit for us. Don't know where we're going to put them. <laughs> um, and so I think that there's some tension there when someone's not in the right role or when there needs to be a change. Um, are you going to be willing to have that conversation or not? So anyway, I don't know if that is a part of difficult conversations, but I do quickly think of hiring and firing. You, you, you mentioned that um, sm- you feel like small business owners are more quick to have difficult conversations regarding, let's say, performance issues. Yeah. I'm curious about that because I don't know if there's any stats out there that would actually prove that point. Um, I think my gut reaction would would be to say small business owners are maybe less quick. And I think that might be jaded from kind of some of the situations that we've gone through here where we've we've seen people that – weren't performing the way we would expected them to, mm-hmm. but they were performing good enough to where things aren't a train wreck. Yeah. At least on the surface, they're not a train wreck <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah. They were definitely a train wreck. And the pain of having that difficult conversation and the change that we would have to go through to get to the other side, mm-hmm. a lot of times wasn't worth getting into it. Yeah. And that wasn't the right response by any means, but that was the response we had. And so because of that, I wonder if, from, from my perspective, I wonder if, if that kind of jades that. Because I would think if I'm in a large organization, then on some level, if I don't have the conversation, that's going to come back to bite me eventually because mm-hmm. my bosses are going to come down to me because whatever. And it's not as personal of a, of a relationship sure. sometimes. And so... Yeah, I don't care if I piss you off or hurt your feelings, you know, so I wonder if it's just more personality based. Probably, it probably is. It's probably that way across department, like in departments, you know, I just think when you have, and we're talking about underperformance 
currently, but you, if you have somebody in a seat and they're not doing their job, in a larger organization where there's 100 in your department, that, that person may not have the pain of them being the not right fit is not as maybe um, devastating as yeah. like a small business. Because I'm thinking, you know, we've got four people, five people on our sales team. If someone's not doing it's really what clear. needs to be done, it's like, whoa, you know, it's affecting my whole team. But it's also five of us. You know, we can yeah. share pizza and figure it out. Um, so you, you could be right. I mean, large organizations may not. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know either. It's <laughs> a great question. Well, I, you know, I think that's a good point because in, in a larger company, it's easier to bury yeah. um, bad performance. But also you could, you know, you could say that a large organization didn't get to where they were going by having, yeah, by not being willing to have difficult conversations. Yeah, that's interesting. So. That's interesting. Either way, um, for small business owners and their leaders out there, yeah. having the difficult conversation is, uh, is really important. Um, mm-hmm. It can be. It's a difficult conversation because it's a difficult circumstance. And I think of, I think of a, a couple of different things, and, and we could kind of talk through this, where difficult conversations um, rise up. Sure. Performance issues are, are always, you know, if you're not performing to the standard that either you and I have agreed on or that I have set in my mind without communicating. Yeah, that's a good A one. conversation needs to happen, and that's going to be difficult. Yep. Um, termin- you know, when that gets to the point of terminating an employee, that termination process is always difficult. If you've ever had to sit down with somebody and actually tell them that their livelihood is being taken <laughs> terminated, away. taken sure. away, that's not an easy thing to, ha- uh, to do. Um, and then another one is character issues, which I want to jump into a little bit here, uh, um, where it's not necessarily your bad performer, but yeah. culturally or ca- from a character perspective, there's something going on that's not going to be a fit mm-hmm. in our environment. Um, and I have a couple examples that we could talk to on that. That'll be fun. Um, and then the fourth one is every business owner or leader out there has those situations where you have somebody that is violating things that aren't a big deal to them, but it is a big deal to you. And a lot of times, I, I, I just wrote down, it's the not big deal, big deal stuff. Yeah. Where um, it could be as something as simple as, you know, I'm going to chew on my fingernails. And for Shelby, that is her biggest pet peeve. And so I'm, it's, she's getting frustrated. And ultimately, me chewing on my fingernails is, is just a terrible example. But that's not a big deal in the grand scheme of life. Sure. But it's a big deal to you. And every business owner out there has their own nuances to where you have some things like that that aren't a big deal. Mm-hmm. But to you, it's a big deal. And those can turn into difficult conversations. So want to... Um, kind of frame some some ideas out there for having those conversations that is going to help you have the conversations in a way that is going to move the progress of the relationship along in a positive way, um, whatever that end result looks like, but also give you some kind of key takeaways on how to do that uh, effectively. And so um, the first thing that, that we have written down here is in, in, in those difficult conversations, it's really important that you start by conquering your fears. Um, I think that a lot of people are afraid to have those difficult conversations. If, if you're having a conversation with somebody about performance issues, they're not doing whatever, why would somebody be afraid to sit down and say, hey, you know what, Shelby, we expected you to do Y and you're doing X and that's not okay. Well, I mean, I think part of it that we need to just address is the emotional side. And so, you know, obviously you get to know a person on your team and in your organization and there's personal attachment there. So like I can like somebody personally, but then also say they're not the best worker. 
Um, and I think some of the um, inability or unwillingness to have those difficult conversations um, arises when we're emotionally attached and we don't see those emotions as like a good thing. We see them as negatives. Um, and so I think that just knowing that emotional response is going to come up of, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. You know, I have to, I'll see their wife at, out at the grocery store. What are they going to think of me? Um, I think that the emotional side, number one, is a challenge um, that most people are, uh, can't get past or don't want to get past. And I also think vulnerability is the, the second one. So, I, you know, no one wants to let their guard down and say, like, hey, I don't want to have this conversation either, but it's necessary. Um, so those, for me, I think are two. I remember a situation in a previous job I had. Um, it, was, it was at a church. I was a, a middle school pastor. And one of my volunteer staff were, they just weren't cutting it. Um, they weren't a good fit to work with middle school kids. It takes a special breed of person that's going to sit down for, you know, an hour or two a week in, in a room of, you know, 10 middle school, eighth grade boys or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Shout out to Miss Wassell. <laughs> Got me through middle school. And, and this person just didn't have it. Sure. And uh, I, I remember getting stuck in the situation where, it was either I got to go have the conversation with the guy and say, look, you're going to be a better fit for some other place of service in our church or continue to the middle school boys in this case would, would suffer. Really suffer from that. And, yeah. um, at least not get to, you know, not, not meet the, the expectations that we have. And the difficult part for me with that was I knew in a sense, if I go in and fire him, that very next week, we're still going to go to the same church and show up together. And <laughs> yeah. I got it, you know, high five. How's it going? That's right. Um, that was one of the biggest things I was afraid of. Is of it was not the actual conversation of sitting down with him and saying, "Look, this is just not working out well, and here's some some things that I think we need to go do differently." But it was knowing that after you leave my office. I'm still going to see you again. Yeah. And what, what is that going to look like? Yes. And that was a difficult place. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a big fear of mine is, you know, what if he doesn't like me and he starts to go tell everybody that I'm a terrible person or next time he sees me, you know, he is just really frustrated and decides he's going to come up and punch me. Or It's funny how those fears of mine turned into completely irrational, no grounding in reality. Yeah. And just from letting that play up in my mind. Yep. And I think it's important to understand if, if you can evaluate what your fears are whenever you know that you're, you need to go in and have a conversation with somebody that's not going to be pleasant or about things that aren't necessarily um, great, then you can then start to remind yourself of the reality that those fears a lot of times are ungrounded. Are ungrounded. Yeah. Uh, because then you, you can sit there and see, you know what? It's not likely that I'm going to be sitting at Kroger and the guy that I fired is going to walk down the aisle and start to yell at me, right? Those things aren't typically a you know, reality. Um, I have, have had the, 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 I don't know, if, definitely not privilege, the, the fun times of terminating a person. Um, yeah. And I, was, I went to lunch with a, a colleague of mine. And sitting at the table right next to us, it was it wasn't that long after, was that person? There they are, yeah. And uh, it stinks. It was you know it was a we saw each other, we made eye contact, we acknowledged, hey, how's right. it going? It's good to see you. Hope you're doing well. And that was it. And that's all that happened. Like no one yelled at anybody, nobody right. punched anybody, nobody <laughs> flipped out. Right. 
And so that experience was helpful for me to know that, you know what, this wasn't going to yeah. be as bad. I'm making a big deal out of this when short term for them, it's going to be a big deal. But long term, it's, it's yeah, not. It's not. Well, you, I think about it, you know, like in middle school and high school, when you go through a bad breakup, I mean, you just think that's the it's end, the end of, the of the absolute world. <laughs> and, you know, life is never going to be the same. And, oh, my gosh, if you see that person, like, what are you going to do? Um, and the, honestly, the reality is, you know, I, I talked to a lot of my peers and um, mentors, and some of the best things that happened to them were when they got fired from a yeah. job. I have a, um, a photographer. She's, she owns a small business and just kills it. She's amazing. Um, but she just wrote this article and I, I just really appreciated it. And she was like, you know, the best thing that ever happened to me was that I got fired from a job I wasn't the right fit for. She was an entrepreneur at heart. She was messing up the business because she wasn't following their culture. <laughs> and it's because she was bored and she needed to be on her own. And she had just mentioned, you know, had I not had the courage to accept the firing gracefully and say, thank you for letting me work here, you know, in part ways, I would have never started my business and had her leadership not had the willingness to have that conversation number one they would still be with a terrible employee and she wouldn't have her business and so I think some like there can be really good things that come out of breakups and come out of firing and come out of difficult conversations but I think we're so panicked to get to that spot it's as you're saying you know evaluating the fear and is it really rational that the person is going to come into my house and you know, knock on the door and smash a pie in my face. Probably not, you know. Yeah, we hope not anyway. If, if that's a real If, <laughs> if that's it's a real happened to you, send us the story. <laughs> yeah, we would love to hear that. We would love to hear that. Yeah. It, it is. And I think it's, you know, it's, um, I hear those same stories about I got fired from my job and that was the yeah. launching pad the that I needed in order to, to get to that next level. And um, those things are, are absolutely true. Those stories are out there. From my perspective, as sometimes I could be a pessimist, I always think, yeah, but like that's not really going to be the case in this situation. <laughs> yeah. But it's important to remind myself that I don't know. Like, I don't know what the future holds for them. I don't know what the future holds for me. And yeah. ultimately, that may be the best thing. And so whenever we're talking about all of these things that are, that are making us scared to have the difficult conversations, it's equally important, or if not more important, to remind ourselves of all of the positive things that are going to come out of that. Absolutely. Because we have to counterbalance the, the negative with, with the positive. You mentioned character issues, Mike. Um, so, you know, we've talked about why an owner may want to avoid having a difficult conversation when they know it's necessary. Um, when it comes to character issues, as an owner or a leader, how do you have that conversation? I do think that's important. You know, we're lucky that we have a very defined culture. And so we've got our values on the walls. Not only are they on the wall, but we live them, you know, um, status quo is never okay, challenge it, own it, all of those things, passion for a purpose, you know, those are beliefs that I can really buy into as an employee. Um, but when you have a, as an owner or a, you know, second chair leader, when you've got someone who's not fitting in from a character perspective or character flaws, how should a leader approach that conversation? I think it's important to always go into those conversations first with the understanding that it's possible that the person you're talking to has no idea what you're about to bring up is true. Um, My perspective, the way that I approach those things is always first with the idea of grace and forgiveness. I love that. Uh, Because I don't know, I come from a different background. I come from a different upbringing. I come from a different, you know, everything from the person I'm talking to. And so my perspective is different than their perspective. Yeah. When it comes to character type issues that are not egregious, you know, not talking about like, hey, I think you murdered somebody or you've stolen money or, you know, whatever it may be. It's just 
you know, you know, things that aren't as glaringly obvious, this was a, a, a wrong thing. Maybe sure. it is, hey, you know what you said, like you told a little lie that was not, um, it, it wasn't true, but it wasn't like, hey, I'm, you know, you know, whatever. Sure. A little white lie, as, as a lot of people like to call them. Or if it's something like, you know what, you, there was some little bit of gossip coming out or whatever. I want to approach those from the standpoint of you may not have realized what you did was wrong. Um, and so I don't want to come in full guns, put mm-hmm. you on blast and, and just go straight to it. But I do want to be very clear and direct in my conversation. Yeah. And so I want to be able to say, hey, Shelby, um, it has come to my attention that you said Becky was, um, I don't know, that she was stealing all of our paper clips. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm curious why you thought it was a good idea to go tell everybody on your team sure. something bad about Becky. Um, I want to be very clear, and this is what I think is going on now. Affirm Give me your perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I want to actually genuinely shut up and listen because I, I want to gain understanding of where that person's coming from more so than their justification of what they're doing or why they did it. I want to I know who they are and, and where they're coming from because a lot of times they may have no idea that that was wrong. You know, and, and, yeah. as, and I mean that from the perspective of a situation where the, the values aren't as clearly defined as ours mm-hmm. um, because some of the blame for some of that stuff is on the organization. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Let's pretend like, you know, one of our core values is own it. In our world, that means if a problem is brought to you, it's your job to find resolution. That doesn't mean you necessarily, you know, solve the problem, but that you're going to be the quarterback to get the problem solved. If that core value isn't defined and on all of our walls and talked about frequently in our company, it's still a core value. Right. Right. Because that's, that's who our our leadership team believes those things to be true. If it's not defined, it's still a core value. So if Becky is, somebody emails Becky and says, hey, Becky, this is a problem. I need somebody to fix it. And Becky simply deletes the email or doesn't return the phone call. Then my conversation with Becky starts with, hey, Becky, they came to you and they said there's a problem here and you didn't do anything with it. That's not okay. Um, But Becky may turn around and say, and I've had in a different way, this happened to me where they turn around and say, I didn't realize that that, that was, was an, issue. an issue. Or what I've had an issue with is because we um, security is a big deal, so we don't talk to people who aren't authorized, authorized context, in our right. world. And so I've had the person come around and say, that person wasn't allowed yeah. to talk to us. I wasn't allowed to communicate with them. Sure. And so that pointed out a, a different issue. And so I don't ever want to just walk in and say, hey, Becky, you dropped the ball here. Some, you, you screwed this up and, and you need to fix it. Because then I lose the perspective of actually what's going on. So I hear you saying being clear and direct is important, but I also hear you saying that as an owner or a manager, anyone that's having the difficult conversation, it's also important to clarify to the person that you're having that conversation with of, is this actually true or is this the case? Gain I want to give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, that's important because, you know, I can say for sure there's been times where Something has happened in the heat of the moment. I made a mistake or I did something I shouldn't have done. Um, and then not realizing how big of a deal it was, like wanting to just like cover that up or, you know, kind of forget about it. And um, yeah, I think that had a manager or supervisor approached me with like, you're an awful person or I can't believe you did that, like not considering the circumstances 
recognizing that it may have been out of character in this one instance is yeah. important. So yeah, benefit of the doubt I think is crucial. Because you're right, it it is the that one circumstance does not make the overall character of the person. Right. The now you should still have the conversation. You absolutely have to because if you don't, then you're then you're you're licensing that behavior. Yeah. And that's not that's not okay because that's going to snowball to the point where things are out of hand. Yeah. That's going to lead you down the wrong I path. I would wager to say the first time something happens, if you have the conversation then, yeah. you're setting yourself up as a leader for much easier success in the future. Because if you let it get to a point where then it's totally disruptive, you know. Yeah, not only the first time, but every time. Yeah. I think of it a lot of times, you know, this is discipline is what it yeah. is. It's calling out things that you're doing inappropriately or incorrectly, whatever it may be. Yep. And it's just like with my kids. If I'm not consistent with that discipline, then they don't really see it as a priority. When, yeah. I, when I tell them, hey, don't talk back to me or, you know, don't be disrespectful to your mom or whatever it is. And I only tell them that one out of every 10 times, then they're going to see that as, you yeah. know, this isn't really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And if I only get caught 10% of the time, then is it, you know, is it worth the risk? That type of stuff is probably going to start to play in their mind. Yeah. And so it is, it's important to be consistent every time. And, and that gets, I mean, old, Ultimately, that's straining. That gets tiring. Yeah. Uh, And so there gets to the point where you have to say, hey, Becky, we've had this conversation five or six times now. Yeah. And your behavior isn't changing. And because of that, um, the next time that this happens, you're going to have to find a new job. Yep. And it's important to be very, very clear about Mm -hmm. those types of lines in the sand. And as soon as you say it, you then have to follow through with it. Yeah. Uh, Because... Again, going back to having kids, I have some strong-willed kids. And as soon as I say, hey, don't hit your brother, what's the very first thing they're going to try to do? All right, is dad looking? I'm going to go hit my brother <laughs> just, to, just to show you. All right, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, and so in those circumstances, you have to be able to back it up with, hey, I said this was the last time you did it. Yeah. And now this is the consequence. Yeah. You know, J- Jim Collins in that book, I'm just all over it. But he, after great people, like having the right people on your team. Um, one of the things that separates good companies from amazing companies is the disciplined culture that they have. And so there gets, there comes a point when, when leaders and when supervisors and managers are willing to, you know, stake it all on their culture, stake it all on, hey, these are the things we care about. We're not negotiating around these things. And they continually live those out. You will te- like train your staff to number one, buy in completely or get out which is honestly like a great blessing for everybody because, you know, you're either a fit or you're not. And I think that communicating that clearly, if you have to do it one time or you have to do it 20 times, it's ultimately going to save you in the long run of all of that headache and heartache of, you know, getting in a situation where there's this huge disaster on your plate or this huge, you know, huge big problem with the staffer. I also think too, in terms of not being willing to have difficult conversations, owners and leaders need to consider what that's going to cost them in the long run. I came from a wonderful company. I loved the people that I was working with and I was performing. Um, but the lack of performance of the rest of my team was crushing to me as I was, I felt like I was carrying most of the load in the sense that I was doing more than my peers and not being rewarded for it. And also, more importantly, I didn't care so much about the reward. I just wanted everyone else to be held to the same expectation. Yeah. Um, and that for me was a a huge buzz kill me. It's ultimately why I ended up looking for, you know, a different position. I'm thankful that I found um, Patrick Accounting and Works, but 
you know, you have to think about your top level employees or the people that are, are driving your bus and they're in the right seats. If you're unwilling to have difficult conversations with their peers, you may end up, you know, they, they may end up leaving to go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. I always find that A players appreciate discipline yeah. because they understand it's going to help them get better. Absolutely. I, I mean, I crave those conversations. We've talked about one-on-ones a lot. Um, I think in prior podcasts, you and uh, Matt had talked about one-on-ones, but um, you know, I have those with my team now and it's, it's not so much a, you know, they don't panic every time we have yeah. those conversations, but it's, it just opens the door to have conversation. Does it cost me two hours of my week? Yeah. But is it costing me like, you know, it's gaining so much in the long run because it's an investment. Yeah. Catching those on the front end or what issues or problems or, Hey, you know, we have a, these are the agreed upon expectations of your role. You did not live that out this week. Let's try better next week. That's an easier conversation to have than a month of, hey, you have been underperforming for a month, and now you're going to get put on a performance plan and, get yeah. it, and getting fired, you know, so. Yeah, and, and the, the one-on-ones piece of that for me establishes the rhythm yeah. by which these difficult, sometimes difficult conversations Can are going to have. Um, so now my team isn't worried. They're not, whenever I say, hey, you know, Becky, come, let's come talk, they're not as worried about, they're not thinking, oh, I'm going to the principal's office. Yeah. They're thinking, oh, that's just my normal monthly normal rhythm. whatever meeting. And so um, all that's on the calendar and they, they kind of know what to expect a little bit. For sure. It makes it easy. Have you ever had a, um, an opportunity to terminate an employee? No. Thank goodness <laughs> I have not. Um, I can if that needs to be a, a thing. <laughs> so, all right. So then let's, 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 let's have uh, a fake firing right now. Sure. So you are now. We're not using Becky though. We're going to use a different. You could fire me. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Becky, at some point, Becky's going to be like, guys, I quit I saying need, my uh, name. Yeah. We're going to talk about Karen instead <laughs> yeah. because this is not okay. We don't have a Karen. Um, Poor Karen. She's getting some she's, slack right now. Yeah, no kidding. Heat. Yeah. Um, I'm firing you. You're going to fire me. So how, what would that look like in your world? Yeah. I mean, people get sick of me saying go to lunch. In this case, I would say not, not go to lunch, but, um, yeah. So I think it's similar to, you know, if you're breaking up with someone, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. I think that an owner or a leader needs to consider, um, the impression they want to leave, not just with that person, but everyone in their circle, you know, obviously that person gets terminated. Hey, let's say we're firing you, you know, obviously you're going to go back to your friends and paint you yourself like a martyr probably mm-hmm. we all do that let's be honest and so that you guys think company didn't know what they had that's right was their best employee yes <laughs> and, which this case is probably true <laughs> um but i think first um i would say if you feel you know again if you know this is not the right fit i would probably wait a day so just like don't do it in the heat of the moment or the anger. So if that person has done something that is completely crazy, and you know, I don't know if it's something that's worth firing on the spot. I'm sure there's an instance in which that makes a yeah. lot of sense. But I would probably say just like give it 24 hours. So get past the emotional side. I would say probably practice it, maybe just in the mirror or t- say it to somebody else, you know, to kind of get a good feel. But past that, I, I hold with, you know, clear, direct and, and short and simple. Yeah. So it's not over lunch. It's Call them into the office and, hey, this is, this is what happens. This is why we can't tolerate it. And I'm sorry, but, you know, you're going to have to go. Now, I think if there is a, a possibility of the owner or leader, you know, 
directing them in a different job. I mean, you know, anything you can do to make their exit peaceful, I think is that's going above and beyond what, you know, you're required to do. But I think at a minimum, if you need to fire someone, again, wait for, you know, just wait a day. Don't wait forever. Just wait a day to get out of the emotions. But then just make it brief and short. And it doesn't have to be complicated. But I do think it needs to be face to face if possible. Um, you know, at a minimum, if you're remote, of course, over Zoom, you know, don't make it a text message or an email or a phone call. Um, and then just have a, I think this is also important for small business owners, but if you're cutting someone off, they need to be completely cut off. And so if you need to replace a skill set, they can't fill in the gap in the meantime. Yeah. So if you've got to fire someone, it's, you've got to understand you're letting them and their skill set go out the door. And so it can't be a, hey, we're going to let you go, but if we need help with, you know, tax time, we may call you. I think that's the wrong answer for yeah. other employees. Did I think that answer it, your question. Yeah, if if you, you didn't fire me though, you yeah. uh, Mike, it's time to go. <laughs> get out. Here's your list. You've got yeah. some keys and a credit card. The um, we've turned it off, so you can't use it. Just leave it at the door. I'm gonna try to go spend all the money on everything. Yeah. The uh, if you've never fired anybody ever before, my encouragement to you would be to script it. Write it down exactly yeah. how the conversation is going to go word for word from the things that are going to come out your mouth. Because what you'll find is as you get into the conversation and I say, hey, Shelby, um, you know, it's never, never fun to have these conversations. But I just want to let you know that we're going to be terminating you effective, you know, January 31st. Today. Uh, <laughs> In an hour. And so I really appreciate uh, the things that you've done and you're really a great employee and I hate to do it. And then I start to just, I'm just talking. Yeah. That normally happens. So what did I just say? You're fired and you're a great employee. Right. Right. That doesn't bode well. That doesn't yeah. communicate clarity. Um, and so script the conversation direct to the point. You're terminated. Your last day is X. I'm going to pay you through why. Mm-hmm. Here are your next steps. Yeah. If you've never terminated somebody before, do not allow that conversation to go more than five minutes. Agreed. And I do think, you know, as a small business or a midsize, you know, you do have some resources. And so if you are concerned, you know, Greg Henderson on our yeah. staff is a great resource. You know, we do with our HRO clients, you know, they do have some. They call and they say, hey, I just let someone go. And he's like, you can't do that. That's <laughs> illegal. Um, and so, you know, I think as a small business, you know, if you know they're not culture fit or it's a character flaw, feel free to pick up the phone and call an HR expert and say, you know, hey, how should I have this conversation? You know, I want to be, you know, there's some legal compliance that goes into that of just making sure that as an owner, you're um, doing it in a way that is upholding the laws that we have in place and also doing what's right for your company. Having so. somebody to coach you through that conversation is really helpful. I bet, yeah. Because they can role play that with you. For sure. And they could take on the persona of, you know what, I'm going to be a disgruntled <laughs> yeah. person that's ready to blow it, blow up. Yeah. Or I can, you know, it, it's awkward. Not, you know, that's obviously, if you have a disgruntled employee, that's, that's a different story. But sure. it's really awkward that first time that you term somebody and they just break down crying in your yeah. office and, and then they start to share their life story of difficulties. Right. Because as a person, you're a lot of times your reaction is, well, normal. You what have bad. I done? Yeah. Like this is, this is a terrible thing. Yep. Um, and I've seen it happen to where that turns into backtracking. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we don't need to term you. Maybe you know, once you get to the point where I'm going to term you, it's, it's over, not a it's negotiation. Yeah, agreed. At that point, it's not, hey, we're thinking about terming you. What yeah. do you think about that? That conversation is 
it is this yeah. is your last day. Correct. And you can get into the this is why we're at this point. Depending upon your state and different rules, um, you have to be careful what you say and how you say it. But I believe in direct to the point. These are the next steps. Yeah. And I need you to leave now or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking out loud here. But I also think if you are, you know, an owner, let's say you're terrified of confrontation. You're not going to get very far if you're an owner and you're scared to have a conversation. But... I will say, you know, part of um, recognizing your gifts and your weaknesses is if you're not talented or skilled enough to like, if you're sweating bullets and you're going to cry in a conversation, Yeah. Um, I think a part of um, recruiting people into your leadership team is, you know, having a key person who's one of your leaders that you trust that you can say, hey, you know, I'm delegating this to you. <laughs> this is easier for you than for that's, me. So that's for right. It. But I think that, you know, that's part of, of owning your own business is, you know, hey, it's it's your business. And so I think if you know, like if you're one of those owners, you're like, I hate having these conversations. I panic about it. Like I get sick. I throw up beforehand because I've read those horror stories, you know, or someone who just like their whole inside is just completely in knots, you know, keep in mind, you can hire someone that's to right. fire people for you. <laughs> that's true. This is very true. Or have difficult conversations for the, you. Um, Good cop, bad cop. And there's a limit to that because sure. it gets to the point where you're just outsourcing <laughs> right. your your responsibilities as a leader. Sure. Um, so here, here Subtle is... Subtle nudge. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I say here, you know, sometimes I have to be the, the, the hammer that comes and brings a termination, but yeah. I don't uh, always get to announce, you know, the promotions <laughs> right. and the raises and all that stuff. It's like, all right, is, uh, who, who, who is the person that's coming to my office to talk to me right now? Is it Mike or is it Matt? Yeah. Good news, bad news, that kind of thing. So I guess if you're the second chair, you can say, <laughs> look, if I have to fire people, I want to announce promotions. I get to, yeah, I, I, get, I get both and. It's not either or. Yeah. Yeah. I do think. Um, that's funny. So here's my template, right? So if you're a business yeah, owner out there, a leader for terminating an employee, um, here's my template. Keep in mind, I'm going to preface this by saying, you never terminate somebody where it's a surprise unless it is in a, it, it's because of a single egregious incident. Yep. If this is a, a performance-based, it's not a surprise to the person I'm terming, and it is something that they are, they should see it coming. So here's my template. Yep. Here's what I start with. Hey, Shelby, this is always a really difficult conversation for me to have. I don't enjoy this. But I know that you're not going to enjoy this too. And so I just want to let you know that effective on January 31st this year, we're going to be terminating you. You're going to get paid through February 7th. That'll be your last check. Um, but at that point in time, you're not going to receive any other you know, checks from us. And so um, I just want to let you know that. Well, if you're letting me go, I'm quitting today. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out of here. Yeah, and that's absolutely <laughs> your responsibility. But uh, right. at this point in time, that's the decision that we have. And so. I'm going to ask that you go ahead and, and turn in your keys and your card and, uh, and go ahead and leave for today. Yikes, that sucks. And Nobody likes being broken up with. That's it. Yeah. I'm not going to get into a lot of the details other than I may say something along the lines of, you know, we've talked about this um, you yeah. know, a few different times and we keep coming back to this is the issue that, that is not getting fixed. It's not being resolved. That way it's, it's clear about why. So I may get into that a little bit, but I'm not getting into uh, any other details. Yeah, and I, I would agree with you about scripting it out. You know, like sales calls, we make calls, but they're scripted. You know, yeah. I'm, yeah. I've got 30 seconds to get through. Same with, you know, letting someone go. There's no need to have, you know, 
trust yourself in the moment of, you know, oh, I like you personally, but you're just not going to work. Like those they best, don't want to hear that either. They just, don't. This is why we're moving on. Those that are the best at improv are the most prepared. And so firing is the same way. Yeah. It's not, uh, sure. it's not a conversation that we're making up as we, as we talk about it. It's something that's been scripted. It's been prepared. Yeah. Um, and that you, you know, you're going to walk in and, and have that conversation with somebody. And ultimately it's important to understand that you have to think about the greater good that ultimately you're trying to accomplish. Cause I'm not going to go in and terminate Shelby, um, because of a, of a single incident incident necessarily, you know, a, again, unless it's a, a pretty big deal. Um, but ultimately it's a series of incidents that have not been corrected over time. And yeah. so I'm terming you in order for us as an organization to move forward, to move forward sure. and to help you as an employee, go find something better fitted, uh, or better suited for you. Yeah. And I really can't emphasize it enough. If, if you have the wrong people on the bus and you know it, it's time to move. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Last thing I'll say about that. There's a book um, by Henry Cloud called Necessary Endings. Yeah. That uh, is really, really helpful for stuff like this. It talks about relationships and business agreements and employees, and it, it could be applied to a lot of different scenarios. The gist is essentially that once you've lost hope that things are going to get better, it's time for it to end. Yeah. Um, and that is absolutely true from an employee standpoint. If yeah. you have an employee that you've lost all hope, that this is never going to get better, they're never going to get to where they need to be to be successful in your organization. It's time. It's in the best interest of both you and them to part ways and to do something different. That's right. So Shelby, I really appreciate you, uh, you taking the time. We've kind of ran out of time. We didn't really get to some of the stuff I want to talk about. We ran out of time, but I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. And if you guys are out there listening or watching us on YouTube, we really appreciate you joining us uh, for this episode. Um, as you can see here, we're all fancy now. We have um, like actual screens. That's kind of cool. And so if you're not following us yet on all the social, social media channels, please do so. Yep. Um, if you're just listening to this as a, a one-time podcast, we would love for you to click subscribe. That way you don't ever miss out on any other future episodes. Thanks everybody for joining us and I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye.